There is so much that I wish I could say to you. But first let me start by saying, I love you. I love you more than anything. I love you more than there are stars in the sky. I promise you I do. I know you never heard me say it while you were here on earth and inside of me, but I pray to God that you felt it. I never held you or kissed you or got to see your perfect face. You never even had a name, but I miss you every single day, and I love you so much. I constantly find myself wishing that you were here with me. There are so many things that we never got to do together, and so many words we never got to say. Somewhere out there in this universe, there are two perfect cheeks which have never been kissed by me. In your two tiny hands, I have never held. I was never able to rock you to sleep or sing you a lullaby. You didn't have a first Christmas or a first birthday, and you never got to meet your family. They're a little crazy, but they would have loved you so much. I was never able to tell you about the world or about God and teach you about love. I never had the chance to calm your fears or tell you that everything's going to be okay like a mother's supposed to. There are so many beautiful things that you never got to see or feel. I'm sorry that I took it all away from you. But I know that heaven is more beautiful than anything I could possibly imagine. Except maybe you. I know that you are safe with God. And I hope he's told you about me. And I hope that one day you can forgive me. I think of you constantly. Of who you might have been. And what pieces of my own soul what I have seen reflected in yours. It eats me up inside. And my heart aches for you. And I find myself reaching for you. Wishing you were cradled in my arms. I have this deep and terrible desire to hold you close to me, just once, to be able to watch you while you sleep, just once, and to be able to feel your weight and warmth on this forever cold and empty place on my chest is all I dream of. I'm so sorry that I hurt you and that I let you down. I never wanted any of this to happen. I pray that you are safe in the arms of God. And I pray that your mommy in heaven kisses you every single day and says, I love you as much as she can, because you deserve it, you perfect little thing. I just hope someone is taking good care of you while you wait for me. You might never understand why I did those awful things and why I take you why I took you away from the world. Sometimes I don't understand it either. No matter what excuses I come up with. It doesn't feel justified. And I know that it isn't fair. I just hope that you understand I was trying to protect us. I didn't want either of us to get hurt. Here on earth, some things will just never make sense. Some people do terrible things and they hurt the people they love. 
and I couldn't let that happen to you. You were too pure, too beautiful, and I loved you too much to let that happen. I can't explain everything to you. Just know that none of what happened makes me resentful towards you. God will show you the truth. It is in my place. Nor do I wish to burden you with my pain. I am healing now for both of us. Just understand this one thing. I did what I did out of love. I loved you. I still do. I always will. I promise. I won't ever forget you again. And I will never let the world forget that you existed. You were here on this earth once, and you are loved always. Nothing can ever change that. And I will always be your mother, and my love is unconditional. I love you, and I will think of you, and send you kisses to heaven, until the day I can finally meet you, and hold you in my arms. And that day will be glorious. Hey everybody, it's Chelsea here, and welcome back to Hashtag Let's Talk About It. In today's episode, we're going to talk about my miscarriage and how domestic violence played a significant role and how that loss still affects me to this day. Before we get into it, I just want to take a moment to talk about what's going on in the world right now. As you all already know, we are currently in the midst of a global pandemic, which is the coronavirus. And I know that it's really scary right now, and it's not just... this virus that's scary or the the possibility that you may get sick Um, but there's a lot of fear of you know losing loved ones who aren't as healthy as you and I know I have a lot of fear about you know the public's panic and how people are reacting to it and you know thinking about the economy and how we'll recover and when can we work again when can we go out again you know do we have to keep canceling our vacations and our weddings and it's frustrating and it's confusing and it's scary and it feels like we're all scrambling and desperately trying to hold on to a sense of normalcy in our lives and not just for us but for our families and for our children And it's really hard to do, and it's really hard to, you know, put on a brave face and say, I'm I'm not afraid, when you don't know what's going to happen. And even though, you know, everyone, we're stuck in self-isolation and we're, you know, locked down and quarantined, but we're not alone. Everyone 
in the world is experiencing these things right now. And everyone is scared. And it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be afraid of not being in control, not knowing what's going to happen. But right now, all we can do is have hope and have faith and try our best to be strong. And I know it's hard work, but we got this. And eventually, slowly, over time, life is going to go back to normal. And this will be a distant memory. We won't ever forget what happened. And we won't ever forget how the world reacted to it. But hopefully, we can learn something from this. And we can take something away from it. And we can have faith in humanity again. Because of the way we all came together in this time of crisis. And obviously we didn't come together in person. Because we're all quarantined. But we're still together. And, you know, since everyone's been in quarantine and on lockdown, I know that it's done really great things for the earth for our planet and hopefully you know it'll help us to realize what we were taking granted before just being able to go out to the bar when we wanted or go to the movies and see our families and go to work and things you don't think about until you can't do them anymore So I know it's hard, and I know it's tough, but hang in there. Don't lose hope, and remember, it's going to be okay. Thank you. The name I chose for this episode is Neverland. And I'm sure most of you know that Neverland is the magical fairy tale land where Peter Pan lives. And in the book, Peter Pan, there's this legend or myth that Peter Pan, you know, takes lost children to heaven, you know, children who have died. And I know that's sad, but it's something I think about a lot. And I know I wouldn't want my baby to go to heaven alone. And so it's just a sweet sentiment to me. And like I said, I think about it a lot. I don't talk about it much. 
because I believe everyone should have their own views, and you know I want to I don't want to push my views onto anyone else, but I'm a very spiritual person. I wouldn't say I'm a religious person. I don't go to church, and I don't follow a religion. I'm not I'm definitely not a Catholic. But I am spiritual, and I believe in a higher power, and I believe in souls, and I believe in heaven and hell. And some people might not understand that, and it's okay that you feel that way. But that's how I feel. And I don't know, sometimes I don't know if it's more I feel that way because you know that's how I was raised and I feel like I should believe in something or I do it because the idea of a higher power brings me peace And it might be a combination of those two things, but I also just have faith, pure faith. And that does bring me peace, and I think it's meant to. I think that's its purpose. I struggled for a long time with being able to talk about this. For a long time, I carried so much guilt, and I was so angry, and, you know, I tried to repress it. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want it to be real. But it is real, and it did happen. And it's hard, but I'm learning to accept that. It's hard for me to say that yes, I was pregnant. And yes, this child was conceived by rape. And it was my abuser's child. And it's even harder for me to say that I lost that child. And I know some of you might be confused by this statement. It's not going to make sense to you. But I'm going to give it my best shot to try and explain. Not that I feel I owe an explanation. But that was still my child. And it was still a loss. No matter who the father was 
and I try my best to not be angry about what happened, even though it's really hard sometimes. It took about a month for me to realize I was pregnant and, you know, I had the normal symptoms and I missed my period and... I didn't have to tell him this time because, you know, he wasn't there. So I decided to wait until after I knew for sure. But it was something that I had been thinking about for a few weeks. Because, like I said, he had mentioned to me that um, he didn't take any precautions. And that me being pregnant was a very strong possibility. Actually, how he put it was, you're probably pregnant. So I had been paying attention, and so when I missed my period, I was so scared that putting it lightly, I was utterly terrified. And I'm never going to forget the day I found out, and it was confirmed took an at-home pregnancy test and two pink lines popped up on the stick and I threw it across the room. There were so many emotions running through me couldn't cry, I couldn't scream, I didn't know what to do, and I didn't know what to think, I didn't tell anyone, a few people, you know, a few of my friends had some idea of what was going on, you know, they knew I saw him, they knew there was a sexual encounter, they didn't know he raped me, and... They were aware there was a possibility that I might be pregnant. But I didn't really ever confirm it to anyone. I didn't... I couldn't admit it. I couldn't say it. Like I said, I didn't want it to be real. But, you know, other people in my life were starting to notice things, you know, Um, notice me feeling sick or tired or, you know, I told people, a few of my friends, how I had missed my period and everyone was kind of on my back, like, you need to take care of yourself, there's a real possibility that you might be pregnant. 
found out the truth, I just, I couldn't tell them. I couldn't tell anyone. In the back of my mind, I knew he'd done it on, he did it on purpose. And I was so shocked. I couldn't believe he would do that to me. know that sounds foolish especially considering our history and that he'd tried it before in the past but it was still hard for me to believe that it was on purpose I didn't want that part to be true either and I wanted to tell him but I was afraid he would be angry with me And I knew what was going to happen when I told him. And I didn't really think it was that big of a coincidence that he was going to be gone for nine months. And the last one of the last things he does before he leaves is have unprotected sex with me. And to take zero precautions. I didn't feel like a coincidence. And like I had mentioned, you know, I was still talking to him every day at this point. He was still checking in and I didn't realize it before, but at this point I realized he was asking me about symptoms and trying to figure out on his own whether or not I was pregnant. And he would even make me send him pictures. And this is embarrassing for me, and it's hard for me to admit. But he would ask me to send him pictures. You know, like naked pictures. And I would, because I did what he said. I always did what he said. And then later I found out he was doing it to see whether or not, you know, my breasts were getting larger or they were changing at all because that's one of the symptoms of pregnancy. And when I found out he was doing this, I felt so violated and so uncomfortable and insecure and that sounds again that sounds foolish because I willingly sent him these photos but I didn't send them for him to track the growth progression of my breasts I did it because I thought we were being fun and kinky. Because I was still naive. But deep down, I knew. I knew what he did. And I knew it was on purpose. And he kept talking about what was going to happen 
if I was pregnant and how I was going to come to, you know, after he came back to the States, I was going to go to where he was stationed because he couldn't leave and, you know, we were going to be together and raise his child and he was going to take care of everything. And in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I've heard this all before and, you know, I have a pretty good idea of what my life with him is going to look like. And it's scary. And the more he would talk about our life together, the more I would feel trapped and panicked. And on the day I found out, you know, about this breast progression thing he had been doing, he told me that that's what he was doing. And one day, after I already already knew I was pregnant, no one else did. I hadn't told anyone else. He had me send him a picture. And after I sent the picture, he sent me a message saying that, you know, my, that they look bigger. And then he asked me if I was pregnant. And I lied to him. And I said no. I said, I'm not pregnant. And he said, how do you know? And I said, you know, I took a pregnancy test and it was negative. And he said, LOL, those things, you know, they don't always work. So you'll go to the doctor and, you know, we'll see. And then he sent me a little, you know, sly face emoji. Like it was all some joke to him. And in that moment, I decided he couldn't find out the truth. And if he knew the truth, he was going to have me right where he wanted me. And eventually, he was going to come back. And as soon as he came back, I was going to have this baby. And once I had the baby, I was going to go with him and be with him and I know it might be frustrating to hear that and you think to yourself well you just don't have to go with him but what I'm telling you is that I would have gone with him it wouldn't it wasn't a choice he wasn't giving me a choice he was telling me this is going to happen And at this point, I was still living in survival mode. And so, I would have done what I know best. And I would have done what I felt was safe. And I would have gone with him, and I wouldn't have fought it. And I had already gotten a pretty good glimpse of what life was going to be like with him.
and I couldn't back then I couldn't come out and say he was abusive or that he raped me or he hurt me I wasn't comfortable with any of those words I didn't understand what was happening but I knew I could not spend my life with this person and I definitely could not raise a child with him And there was no way in hell I was going to put my child in danger for the rest of their life. And at the hands of their own father... That's not how I wanted my life to go. That's not how I wanted my child's life to go. Despite what you may think of me when I'm through with this story, in that moment, I realized that I was someone's mother. And when you're someone's mother, you will do whatever it takes to keep them safe. And you will make whatever choice you have to make, no matter how difficult it is. And you will make any sacrifices necessary to make sure that your child is not raised by an abusive monster. And I learned in this moment that the right choice is never the easy choice. But for my safety and the safety of this child and their future, I had to make that choice regardless of how I felt. And I had to do what I thought was best. Before this encounter with him, when he, you know, confronted me, I had just barely begun to come around to the idea of having a baby and what that was going to be like and how my life was going to change. And my fear turned into excitement and happiness and I was planning a life 
was thinking about names and thinking about how I was going to tell my family and this sounds so silly but even my you know Facebook announcement and I still remember I still remember those things for anyone out there who's had a miscarriage or lost a child or baby or lost a pregnancy there's some things you don't ever forget and those are the only memories we get to hold on to and I won't ever forget what names I had picked out and I won't ever forget the plans that I made or how I wanted to tell people never forget my due date or the day I found out and I for as long as I live I will never forget the day I found out I wasn't pregnant anymore feelings of happiness and excitement they just started and I didn't get to hold on to them for long this is a side note but it's important in the summer of 2016 I had just started seeing a licensed therapist. It wasn't the first time, uh, my first time going to therapy, but I hadn't been for a while. And I knew I still had some things to deal with. Um, you know, from my childhood and at this point I had already been through three abusers. Uh, for anyone who listened to my old episodes and listened to episode two in the first season, How Trauma Shaped Me, I've had four abusers, um, you know, placed sporadically, periodically throughout my life. And the abuser I'm talking about now, you know, would come in and out of my life. And before he was ever a part of my life, when I was a child, I was sexually abused. And then I met the abuser I'm talking about now, and his abuse has been on and off for almost seven years. And then after him, there were two other people who raped me. One was a stranger. And the other one was someone I was in a short relationship with. 
and you know I had experienced a lot of trauma and so I started seeing a therapist again and you know I went to my doctor because I had been feeling very depressed you know once my abuser left you know after he raped me before I found out I was pregnant I went through a really serious depression and I couldn't understand why because I didn't realize that he had raped me and I had been having a lot of suicidal thoughts and suicidal thoughts are something that I've experienced throughout most of my life so they're really nothing new to me but now it was happening so much excess that I wanted to get help and so you know I'd seen my doctor and told him I was feeling depressed and anxious and he prescribed me an anti-anxiety medication and I didn't know that um, if you just abruptly stop taking your medication, it can have uh, really severe effects. Like, you can have a mental breakdown, like a serious mental breakdown, and a lot of, or all of your symptoms will come back stronger than they were before, and you'll feel a lot worse, and, you know, you can experience suicidal thoughts, and might even try to commit suicide and I know that now but I didn't know that then and my abuser didn't know because he didn't care enough to ask that I was on these anti-anxiety meds and when you're pregnant you can't take those kinds of medications or there's certain medications you can't take and before you take any new medication you know if you're on other psych meds or you are pregnant or under any circumstances you should always talk to your doctor first but I didn't want to talk to my doctor I didn't want to talk to anyone kept it a secret and I stopped taking my anti-anxiety meds and I was going through a severe depression and I had just been raped and then I found out I was pregnant and that my abuser had done it on purpose and was planning our life together and I can't even really begin to describe how I felt in that moment I can't describe that it was panic just panic like I couldn't breathe I felt like my heart was going to beat out of my chest panic 
the best way I know how to describe it is with an analogy and try to imagine what an animal stuck in a trap would feel like and their fear and their panic and they would do anything even chew their paw off if it meant getting out of this trap and that's how I felt in that moment like I was an animal stuck in a hunter's trap and I had to get out and I knew that and I have more resources now and I know that I could have gotten away and been safe with my baby. But I didn't know that then. And I was too afraid to get an abortion. And I just want to say that there is nothing wrong with abortion. And I don't care what anyone else says. You're not a bad person. No matter what your reason is, you're not a bad person. But I couldn't do it. I was so afraid of what people would think and how I would feel about myself. Because there's so much judgment. And everyone thinks they know what's best for you and what's best for your body. And you are the only person who can make that decision. But that's not the choice I made. I couldn't stand the idea of living in a world knowing that my child isn't in it even though they're supposed to be and so I made a terrible choice and I tried to kill myself but I didn't die and I didn't call for help I didn't go to the hospital I was in my bathroom at home and then I immediately regretted my decision I tried to stop it. You know, I tried to stop what I had done. 
and you know I didn't die you know I survived the night I was violently ill and I was in a lot of pain and I spent most of the night alone on the bathroom floor and I can say with confidence that 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 those moments covered in my own urine and vomit on the bathroom floor completely alone my legs were numb my head was spinning that was by far my lowest moment in life but like I said I survived the night and I managed to you know crawl from the bathroom to my bedroom and pull myself into bed and I woke up the next morning and I was so disappointed that I was still alive because it meant that everything that was happening was still happening and I still had to deal with it even though I was angry I didn't die I was hopeful that the baby was going to be okay After that attempt, uh, you know, for the next few days, I experienced a lot of pain in, you know, my sides and stomach and pelvic area and back. And I started to suspect that maybe something had happened and that it was probably time to see a doctor. It took about two weeks uh, for me to see a doctor you know by the time I realized what was possibly happening and by the time I called and actually made it in to see the doctor it had been about two weeks and I didn't tell him what had happened I didn't tell him that I tried to kill myself or that I thought I might have had a miscarriage I just told him that I took a pregnancy test and it was positive. And so he had me take a test there in the office. And he came back and he said to me, if you were pregnant, you're not anymore. And you'd think in that moment, I would have shut down, or been angry, or screamed, and cried. But I just 
felt so much relief. And I feel really guilty about it now. And I feel guilty even saying it or thinking it. But at that time, it was like the answer to my prayers. You know, he told me to have an ultrasound and to see, you know, OBGYN. And he sent me back out into the world. And I never told anyone. Or at least not for a long, long time. I had never confirmed to anyone that I was pregnant. And so, once I found out I lost the pregnancy, I definitely wasn't going to tell anyone. Because of how it happened. And what I did. And I know... There are a lot of people who would judge me for it. There are people who think I should go to hell. And there are people who think that I should be in jail. And in some places, in this day and age, if anyone had found out that it happened, I could have gone to jail. And that's a terrifying thought. And, you know, for as many people as there are saying I should be in jail or go to hell, there are just as many people saying that I shouldn't be and that I'm not a bad person. And I've struggled with this for so long. So many years now. My therapist and I have talked about this more times than you can imagine. And I remember one day saying to her, with tears in my eyes, how I thought I was going to go to hell. And that I was afraid to die because of it. And she said to me, You don't think... God saw what was happening to you and you don't think it was him trying to step in to make sure it stopped and then something else she says to me often whenever you know I start to feel regret and grief and sadness and anger and overwhelming emotions she reminds me of something And she always says to me, If you had given life to that child, would they have thanked you for it? And do you think they would have been proud of you as a person and as a mother after growing up and watching their father abuse you their entire lives? And I already know the answer to those questions. And it helps remind me why I made the choice that I did. But that does not mean it's not painful. And that I'm not grieving. 
think about it every single day. More on, you know, special occasions, Christmas and holidays, Mother's Day especially, or when my due date comes around or the day it happened. All of those times were more difficult. And I can't say yet that it's gotten easier because I just started dealing with it. I just started grieving. And I know that's hard to understand because it happened, I don't know, four years ago. But I repressed it. After it happened, I tried to pretend like it didn't happen. And I tried to just go on with my life. And after I had the miscarriage, I was so scared to tell my abuser what had happened. Because I knew when he found out what happened and that I did it and I caused it, there was going to be hell to pay. And I was scared. I was scared of everything. I was scared of what people would think, what they would say. I was scared of what he would do. And so I buried it. Because after so many years of living in survival mode, I got scared scary good at pretending like things didn't happen and burying those memories and you know after the dust had settled a little bit I realized I had to commit to what I had done and I couldn't talk to my abuser anymore And like I said before, I believe in heaven. And I believe my child went to heaven. And I couldn't stand the idea of, you know, my child in heaven watching me talk to this person after I took their life away to make sure they never had to be around this person. So, while he was overseas, and after I'd lost the baby... I stopped contacting him. Um, You know, we call it no contact. And I didn't speak to him. And he would try to, you know, pop back into my life here and there. But I had started to move on with my life. And like I said, I... I wanted to act as if it never happened and to just keep going with my life. And a few months, you know, after, and I finally, you know, cut my abuser off for what I thought was good, I fell in love. 
with someone good. And he was my best friend. He still is my best friend. And, you know, he didn't know what had happened. He didn't know about the miscarriage or the rape. But he knew about this person who was in my life. And he knew I was going through a hard time. And he was going through a hard time. And, you know, we leaned on each other. And life got better. And I was happy. And we were together for two years without any interruptions from my abuser. And I never thought about him. I didn't think about the baby. I didn't think about anything that had happened or that I tried to kill myself. I just buried it all and just tried so hard to move on and pretend like it didn't happen. But... As I would eventually figure out, that's not how life works. And you can't just forget about your trauma. And eventually, you have to open up and you're gonna have to talk about it. that day comes and you need to get it out and you need to talk about it you know if you've ever been assaulted or raped or abused or you know had a miscarriage lost a baby lost a child anything you need to talk about I am and always will be here for you so don't be afraid to reach out Let's talk about it. Please join us next week on hashtag Let's Talk About It. Uh, next week's episode, we are going to discuss uh, helpful coping mechanisms uh, when it comes to dealing with your stress and anxiety through COVID-19. And for anyone who follows us on Twitter or on Facebook, we actually have a poll going on right now. Uh, we have a few different options. Um, meditation, reading and writing, engaging in social media, and calling or texting loved ones. So you can go ahead and vote. Uh, you can add your own option. Or if you'd like, go to anchor.fm slash hashtag let's talk about it. And you can actually leave us a voice message and tell us what some of your coping mechanisms are. So I hope to hear from you all, and I hope that you are staying safe and healthy. Thank you so much.